Hey everybody, welcome back to Arcade Cozy, the coziest game room on the internet. My name is Chris. My name is Corey. And we are back again. Corey. Um, still hot. Still, um... Oh, you're brutally uh, hot. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, it's like it's like the 40-year-old... 40, I say 40. Um, it's like the 57-year-old white dad say. It's not the heat that gets you, it's the humidity. It's yeah, right you now. Know, it's both. It, it's it, it both. Is both. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's uh, you know we're um, we're ninety five degrees most days with like a good at least like sixty percent humidity. Um, for our international listeners, that's what thirty something degrees in space points. Um, yeah, I think it's you know I don't I don't I don't know exactly. I'm sorry. It's bad, um, but it's bad. It yeah. yeah. Um, just just think about that. The, uh, crank up the number, and whenever it gets bad, keep going, and you'll get yeah. there eventually. Um, yeah, Corey, it's still summer, but you know yeah. it's on the horizon. Um, we you know around here it can be very hit or miss, where it's either like it's August now. Yeah, it rarely rarely is ever cool in September. Very occasionally. Mm. We will get a cool, like little crispness three come days out in September. Yeah, um, but that usually works. it's that. Yeah, I I just really hope that our October is nice and cool because that's one of the big bummers around here is that like sometimes we're still rocking like seventy something degree weather well into October. And no, we're rocking like nineties sometimes into October. Sometimes, Let, yeah. I mean, let's not play around. <laughs> it's and it's like you want like leaves are changing. You want to embrace like the fall and you can't. Um and that sucks. That's not fun. But then sometimes it'll be like beginning of October and it'll be like 50 degrees outside and you're having yep. to like snuggle up under a blanket while you're on a hayride, you know? Oh, I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. It's so that that's the kind of weather that I'm hoping for. I think, what was it? Last, did, did we, it was relatively cool last year. I feel like. Yeah. Last year was fine. For, but for I Halloween. feel like the year before, yeah. I feel like it was like 91 on a Halloween day. Cause I remember yeah. seeing kids in our neighborhood when kid was like in a full black like Power Rangers costume, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, it probably wasn't that. It was probably a ninja costume. And I'm just like, I know he is just pouring sweat. And but yeah. when you're that age, it means nothing to you that he. No, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you're just your immortality at that point. You know, you yeah. don't you don't even feel it. Well, and you know, I mean, even like the year that I we got married in 2016, um, it was right like. Toward the beginning November. of November. Yeah. And up until the day before, like that was the thing. We were hoping for just like a nice, like really cool wedding the day before, sweltering, like just burning heat. And then day of the wedding, super crisp, super yeah, cool. I remember. Because like we had a bonfire at our wedding. And yeah. it was like, thank the Lord. You had a coffee this, bar. Yeah, we had a coffee bar. We had donuts. How out of place would that have felt if it was warm? Um, yeah, I don't know. But Corey, um, how are you? Um, it's been a tough week, um, work-wise. We talked about it a little bit yeah. before yep. the show, but, um, 
tough week work-wise. Don't get much into what I do um, for good reasons. Yeah. Um, but um, they, they canned like three people one morning uh, this week. Granted, I knew it was going to be bad because I got there and like the deputy director of like our agency was like walking in. I, I get there like an hour before everyone else and I saw uh, them walking in ahead of time. I'm like, that's not good because they didn't tell us they were coming. And yeah. that's the head of HR. Oh boy. And yeah, it was a bad day. Uh, I'm fine, but the office was just a mess the whole week. Yeah. So it's always, uh, it's always such a stressful, I, like I've never, I haven't had like a ton of experiences. I mean, obviously not like that, but I haven't had a ton of like public firing experiences that I've been, a, that I've been around. But like, yeah. I, I do remember like on one occasion it being a thing where I was working and we had like, I think over the weekend, so I was working with Habitat for Humanity and over the weekend, a longtime volunteer that worked with us because Habitat for Humanity for people who are not from aware it's a nonprofit. There are a lot of volunteers. One of the um, longtime volunteers had passed away and it was pre, like it was early, just Monday morning. We're just kind of standing around and we're kind of like, I think unpacking some of that. And our boss comes sweeping through and just straight up fires one of the <laughs> people mm. on the spot and like just basically drags her out of the store. And it was like, well, this is, this feels traumatic. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is not great. And then it was just like, all right, we're, uh, get, get back to how you were everybody. <laughs> and, yeah. It wasn't uh, quite that public, but it was public enough because they had security, like escorting them to their desk, like get mm-hmm. your stuff. Now, now we have to escort you out. And then, yeah, it was, it was rough. But aside from that, I've had a great week of gaming. Oh, a phenomenal week of gaming. Look and it has been a good, normally, like, we game to, because we enjoy it. It's a great hobby. We do it for uh, this podcast, for each other. Um, but it was also, it was like just the perfect amount of stress relief. Like, this is one of the few times I'm like, this is me just turning my brain off for yeah. a bit. Um, and that was nice. It was good. Very nice. I love it. I can't wait to hear all about it. Even though I assume it's going to be a lot of Baldur's Gate three, but it you know, you still be. You still got to hear it. I do have you a surprise still... for us, but <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I have not been playing Baldur's Gate three because I cannot. Um, not yet. Yet. Um, early in September. Among yeah. everything else going on, um, mm-hmm. I will also. Speaking of just stuff releasing all around the same time, did you see where Remedy uh, delayed Alan Wake 2 just just because they were like, there's a lot of stuff coming out. We're just going to push it back a I, I respect them so much for that. Yeah. Because you can't push it up because you're right, right now you're in the middle of Baldur's Gate 3. Starfield's coming as well. And if you don't want either of those two... You have Armored Core, which is its whole section of fans. Then there's Sea of Stars, which is more of your indie base as well. Oh, by the way, Spider-Man 2 is also around the corner as well. 
And so they, they did the math and they're like, the math isn't math and for us. Yeah. And yeah. I respect that call on their end. Yeah, it. Um, I was trying to look up what the because I couldn't remember exactly. Yeah, so October, you're gonna have because I mean, like Starfield. I'm sure plenty of people will still be playing Starfield. Um, around it's that time, and good early reviews. Embargo yeah. hasn't lifted, but there's a lot of people already tweeting about it. Yeah, um, or I think reviews reviews drop. Like very end of August, like I think yeah. what like thirty first ish, something like that. So we'll start seeing stuff. But yeah, I mean October has, you know that that was the big thing because I think Alan Wake Two was like the seventeenth originally, and Super Mario Brothers Wonder was the twentieth. Spider Man Two oh, was yeah. the twentieth. Um, and then go back like a week before it, Lords of the Fallen, which I don't think was like competing with it, but I mean, that's there. Mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Mirage is earlier in the month. And then you also have leftover from like Cyberpunk DLC. You have Mortal Kombat 1, Lies of P, uh, Gosh. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC, uh, Starfield, Baldur's Gate 3, pretty much all within like a month and a half. It's of ridiculous. each other from beginning of September on, like, um, so yeah. I mean, good call. It's it's still in um, it's still in Halloween window, which is solid. I'm yeah. glad it's not coming out on Halloween because, like, I have, I think, like, one of the games that frustrated me the most whenever it released, um, just related to that, uh, Costume Quest Two. Yeah, like, yeah, I. I had this like for years had this kind of like ritual where um like first of October I would play through costume costume quests like right whenever it was spooky season was starting it's like I'm going to play costume quests it's going to set the mood I'm going to go through and it's such, for people unaware I'm pretty sure like we I last year I think we had an episode that was like favorite Halloween games like that's that's very much near the top of my list. It's just a very simple turn-based RPG where your kids who dress up in Halloween costumes that turn real and they fight like uh, yeah. candy monsters. Um, but I I would play it every just just for funsies. Just go back through, set the mood. It's very Halloweeny. And then Costume Quest Two came out, long awaited, very excited. Came out uh, Halloween Day. It's a Halloween hmm. and it's a Halloween game. Like it's a game that specifically yep. takes place on Halloween. It's not even just a spooky game. It's just a Halloween game. And it like it came out on Halloween and I played as much of it as possible. But then it's like it turns November 1st and it was like I lost I was losing steam on it, Corey, because it yep. was like this game the season's good, over. it's not it's not Halloween. <laughs> Yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't. So I say all that to say, like, Halloween Wake 2, I mean, it, it has the benefit that it's not a Halloween game that I know of, but, you know, they're at least October 27th gives you a little bit of cushion to still, still kind of get in that spooky window. So yeah. good, yeah. good for them. I like it. It was, um, it was very smart on their end, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, they also have uh, Alone in the Dark mm-hmm. comes out with a guy, what, uh, guy, what's in, uh, it's a uh, hopper. From Stranger Things. Yes. Yeah. He's on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so that also comes out uh, on the 25th of October. 
So. With all of these games, Chris, give me your two that you're most looking forward to right now. So basically right now, yeah, from September 1st to Alan Wake release. Yeah. October 27th. Yeah. Um, I would say Baldur's Gate 3 for me. I mean, obviously Cor- you've been playing correct. It, but correct. Baldur's Baldur's Gate 3, I'm very excited about. I'm very excited to dig into. And then um, you know, I think Alan Wake 2 would be my number three, but I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna be like a a basic, basic old boy and say uh Spider-Man 2. Um Ooh. I think, you know, I mean, I love the Spider-Man games, mm-hmm. but I think I also just love the fact that like, you know, it doesn't I don't know what I'm going to get from Spider-Man 2. Like, Spider-Man 1, I mean, without spoiling much of anything for people who, like, haven't played it yet, but, like, it doesn't follow the same formula of what you might see or expect from a Spider-Man movie or something. Because, like, you know, if you're a fan of the comics, you watch a Spider-Man movie, you see a name pop up, you're like, okay, I know who that is. I know what's going to happen here. And there's a little bit of that, but there's also stuff where it's like, they throw you a curveball. They, Mm -hmm. like, they, some, you know, they, they zig and set a zag. And, like, you never, you don't really know where they're, where they're coming from. And so, like, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to with this is, like, I mean, the Spider-Man games are, probably the most fun open world games out there currently. And the fact that they're taking like a GTA five, um, approach with it, where it's just like, Hey, you want to be miles now? Hey, you want to be Peter Parker now? Mm -hmm. You do it, you go. Um, but then like, what's up with venom? What, what, you know, what's this Mm -hmm. Craven, Craven, the hunter, like who were like, what, what's the dynamic here going to be? Like, what, what's going on? Like, I'm excited for it. It's, you know, I'm, I'm very hyped for it. Alan Wake 2, though, also very excited for. Also, City Skylines 2, October 24th, mm-hmm. baby. Coming out. Mm-hmm. Gonna get it. Gonna love it. Spider- or Super Mario Brothers. Wonder, also mm-hmm. right in there. So, yeah. A lot of, a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah boys. I'm just curious. Yeah. What about you? Number one? I think number one for me has to be, it's a basic answer, but it's Starfield. Um, Mainly because I just want to see what Bethesda is doing. I think Bethesda is a titan in the video game industry. Um, Granted, I think since 2000, they haven't had a huge hit since 2011 with Skyrim. They like Fallout 4 wasn't quite what everyone wanted. Fallout 76. A flop, if I do say so myself. A flop um, that then that then uh, aged. It's aged relatively well in, yeah. in a lot of people's minds. So, I, I would, yeah the the conversation on it's been has gone a little more positive, but it's new IP from them. They have been putting so much into it and talking about it for years on years now. Um, I think I am just very excited to see what's happening there. Um, I think it would be foolish of me to compare it to something like Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but I think they're just coming so close that I'm going to have to like work really hard not to kind of like compare them when they're, I think, very different games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
Starfield. I'm really excited for Sea of Stars. Um, looking at Sea of Stars compared to like Chained Echoes, which came out last year, which it feels very similar to. Um, this like old school art style, old school uh, JRPG. Um, the demo is very fun. I played it months ago, but I'm very like I love a good JRPG. By the way, I've been itching to go back into Octopath Traveler two um, for yeah. like weeks now. Um, so TBD on what happens there, um, but I'm hoping yeah. Sea of Stars scratches that itch. Um, you don't want to go back to Octopath two. I, I do. That's what I'm saying. I really want to, but I it's know. more of. It's one of those things. That's what what you're implying is that you hope Sea of Stars kills the urge to give that to Not really, but I hope it scratches. Because here, here is my mindset, people, and people can absolutely um, uh, DM us or email us and say I'm a I'm a fool for this mindset Uh or this this action plan. So. You know, Baldur's Gate 3, I'm going to wrap that up. Uh, we'll get into it in a bit, but I'm nearing the end, I think. I think. Starfield's coming, so I want to play Starfield. Uh, there's Sea of Stars as well at the end of this month. Spider-Man 2. Um, Super Mario Wonder would probably be like my number three, because um, I really want to play a Mario game when it releases. Never done it. It's been a year first for me in terms of Nintendo. Um, and so we're sticking with that theme. Um, in there, I want to get Armor Core 6 in. Um, Alan Wake 2 is a maybe. Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage comes in in November. comes out earlier, but for me, I'm like, okay, that's a November pickup. It's a shorter game. I like kind of what how they have been like pushing the game. I'm like, I, I feel I'm into what you're, they're putting down. Then I need to finish Tears of the Kingdom at some point during this. And then when all that's done, I'm like, okay, then we go back to Octopath 2. Basically, once everything's come out this year, it's like, well, now let's like wind down as we lead up into Goaty and finish up that like 90-hour JRPG. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where my mind's at. Yeah. I plan, I plan to play a lot more of it before the end of the year just because I, you know, said it at the time, but whenever I was playing it, just... Was not super in the mood for it at the time. Didn't want to just drag my way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I knew the game was great, so um, I haven't come back to it yet. But yeah, I would like to. Um, hopefully, I play Sea of Stars, and it doesn't kill that joy in me, Corey. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, I play that, and it's like you know what? Now I also want to play Octopath Traveler too. Not have a replacement in my heart. You cold, cold boy. Um, my bad yeah but Corey um, good segue from like five minutes ago Um, you mentioned Mario Wonder Um, yes big news story boop 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 Charles Martinet Mario is dead (laughs) he Charles Martinet is alive Mario is alive Um, but he he is no longer he's uh, he's the voice of Mario yeah, he's going, he's uh, retiring. adopting, he's retiring, Mario's adopting, you know, a new, uh, a new persona, maybe, I don't know. Mario's new, dead, long live Mario. Yeah, um, yeah, Charles Martinet uh, announced that he was retiring, um, Charles Martinet has been Mario since 
the beginning. Yeah. And not only Mario, but he's also Luigi. He's also Wario. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's um, he does it all. Yeah, which, I mean, granted, you don't, I mean, it's not like they're the most heavily voiced characters in the world, no. but he's he's deeply it's entrenched. As like Right, he's an identifiable Mario voice since before we were born. Like, he's yeah. just, he's always been there. Um, and he won't be anymore. Um, and it's funny because, like, I, you know, whenever I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, he's he's not going to be Mario anymore. But apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently people were already suspicious that Charles Martinet was stepping away or that something was going on because like in some of the first like whenever they first showed trailers for Super Mario Brothers Wonder and the new WarioWare game, people were already at the time being like that doesn't sound like Mario. That doesn't sound like Mario. It's sounds like they're using somebody else. And it's entirely possible that Martinez already not Mario. That yep. the Mario games, the Mario game, Mario game that are coming out in mere months are uh, not going to be voiced by uh, Charles Martinez. That his his last thing that we heard him in was what the Mario movie. Yeah, where he plays Mario's dad, which is yeah. very fitting. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I don't know. Wild. I mean, fortunately, again, fortunately, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I mean, it's not, it's not a huge spoken role. So hopefully, like, I mean, he's obviously like made the character iconic. He's a very, he's a very iconic voice, but like, hopefully somebody, you know, they, he's also going to be in the Mario ambassador. So he's still going to be like a face. I'm sure he'll also have a role in like, coaching up or being a part of who comes next. So hopefully there's like a, it's an even transition and people are nice to that guy um, or woman who knows um, that they are nice to them. um, And that, you know, they, they take on the role with uh, a lot of a plum. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like you, you've said, it, it's not a huge speaking role, but I would argue it is probably the most iconic video game, um, like voice actor. Like yeah. everyone knows what Mario sounds like. The wahoo is legendary. I mean, yeah. this, we don't have to get into like some sports like goat debate right now because uh, I don't think there is a debate, Chris. Um, I mean, it just in it, general, like you mean just voice actors and games in terms of like what is the most recognizable or what has had one of the longest, like he's been, like you said, Mario since the beginning. Um, and so while it's not the hugest, you know, loss in voice lines, because again, it's, there isn't much there for games. I, it is a, I guess, very melancholic feeling of okay he is passing the baton on and while there aren't a ton of roles where that will be the case going down the line because there's just not as many series that have been as long running as mario has it is just kind of a sad like passage of time moment for me from my perspective as someone who's coming into mario very late but again who has always known what mario sounds like and like has always had that voice matched with that character. Um, and while I'm sure it will sound 
oddly similar. It's just the idea of it is, I think, just sad, you know? Um, I think he's obviously a legend. And um, yeah. yeah, it's just a melancholic feeling knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, I mean, Charles Martinet, the, he's no Troy Baker. I'm just kidding. Troy Baker's fine. But I mean, yeah, he's he is one of the the heavy hitters right now. You know who we haven't heard from in a while for like voice acting is um, Nolan Nolan North. Yeah, Yeah. Nolan North. Just thinking about it, no, I mean, uh, Troy Baker. Like, no offense to him. For one, I I was joking. Charles Martinet forever. Uh, twenty twenty four. Charles Martinet, get it, my guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Nolan North. I don't know if it's just my bias being like a huge Uncharted fan, but I remember whenever Troy Baker like hit the scene because Nolan North was was going. Um, you know, Uncharted came out in uh what uh two thousand seven ish two thousand six I think. And what was Troy Baker's first? Well, he's Kanji in Persona 4, which like threw me for a okay. while. Yeah. Um, he is in... So what was his first? I'm trying to see what his first... Good God, he's in so much stuff. He's, he's in a lot of... He's in a lot of smaller roles up until Last of Us, which is his big breakout. Yeah, he was in... So his big... The big stuff whenever I remember him starting to show up was he was in The Last of Us in 2013. Yep. He was in um, Bioshock Infinite mm-hmm. in 20... What was it? 13? That sounds right. Um, he was Booker DeWitt, the main character. He was also mm-hmm. the face and voice of uh, Delson Rowe yes. in mm-hmm. the infamous uh, Second Son, which came out in like 2014. Yep. Um, so there was, there was a lot of stuff. Let me see if I can see what his like... Okay, he so did he Death Stranding in, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Kanji, Persona 4. Um, what was his first big thing that I would recognize him from. Oh, damn. I didn't know this. He was uh, Greed in Full Model Alchemist Brotherhood. Wow. I actually, actually didn't really know that. Um, well, I, I think I did know that because I know a lot of voice actors. A lot of them um, start in dub, uh, um, dubbing animes. Yeah. And it's like yeah. voice acting boot camp. So yeah. like a lot of the heavy hitters right now um, I mean, I just know this from Critical Role, like Laura Bailey um, was Trunks in Dragon Ball Z. Mm, um, okay. She does. Kid Trunks? Yes. Or Future Trunks? <laughs> um, Kid Trunks. Kid Trunks. Um, yeah. Trunks. It, so uh, Travis Willingham, Critical Role, he is, um, uh, what's his name, Mustang? And mm, Full okay. Metal? Mm-hmm. Roy Mustang? Yeah, yeah Roy Mustang. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, you can look into a lot of the bigger name voice actors, and a lot of them have history in anime dubbing. Matthew Mercer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, looks like Troy Baker's first, yeah, a lot of anime, his first thing. Looks like Yu Yu Hakusho, 1994. Wow. Good God. How Goated. old are you? <laughs> Goated anime, though. He was also in uh, Persona 2. 
Um, he had a pretty major role in. It's the, probably one of the more like recent dubbings of Yu Yu Hakusho. Says, says 1999. Um, okay. A voice uncredited though. So how did wow. they know? How does IMDb know? Pretty major role in the original Full Metal Alchemist run. What's yeah. the first game that I'm seeing here though? Let's see. It'd be Persona um, 2 because Persona 2 was in yeah. the 90s. Persona 2, there's a Brothers in Arm thing. Um, he had a pretty major, probably the first thing that I would like recognize him from, like game wise, though. Um, looks like Final Fantasy 13. He played Ooh. Snow, which okay. I didn't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. who's a who's a major character. Um, so interesting. Yeah. Good for, good for um, Troy Baker. Yeah, but yeah, I say all that to say, like, I really up until like um i always kind of saw i mean troy baker very talented always kind of saw him as a poor man's nolan north because nolan north back don't, then don't let him hear you say that <laughs> early, early 2010s whenever whenever nolan north was going he was in nolan north was in pretty little liars yeah Corey. he was in, he was it may not be the last of us but it's Pretty Little Liars. My God, Corey. Fair. You don't even even know. Um, Yeah, speaking of, sorry, I'm on a, I'm going to derail us. Um, Now I want to see what the last... We're already derailed. (laughs) We've been (laughs) derailed. What do you mean? (laughs) What's the most recent thing that Nolan North has done? Um, It looks like they're both on Solar Opposites, which I... Oh, yeah, they they are. I know the show. I knew that. Oh well, um, they're also. I think they're both in. Um, it's an upcoming game, very Callisto Protocol, but it's not Callisto Protocol. Oh. Um, the Mars one, I think. I think they're both in that as the two leads, and okay. um, a very uh, a way out feeling um, okay. of a game. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, I game think I'm right in saying wise, that. Game wise, he. Is he was in High on Life? It just says voice, so that's not. Uh, mm. I don't really know who that is. Um, he. What's a game that I would have recognized him from most recently? Not a lot. Nolan North. Uh, oh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla showed up as Desmond Miles, which I vaguely oh, remember. Yep. Desmond Miles. I do remember him. He was very. Yeah, he was also very heavily a part of the Assassin's Creed early games. Well, Desmond um, is the protagonist, the yeah. quote unquote protagonist for the yeah, first for the first five Assassin's yeah. Creed games, and then he like has a voice show up again in Valhalla. Um, yeah. he's in. Uh, oh, oh my God, he's in the Costume Quest TV series. It comes all back around, everybody. <laughs> And there it is. That's that's the episode. That's the pod. Yeah, you love it. Let's go, Corey. This episode's been brought to you by Nolan uh, North. Nolan North. Um, long may he reign. Um, yeah. Should he no- be Mario? Should he be Mario? <laughs> he would. He he would kill it. The sarcastiest, wittiest Mario you ever did here. I need to be listening for him though. Apparently he's in, so my daughter watches a decent bit, not a lot, but a decent bit of a uh, blaze and the monster machines. Um, okay. it's a Nickelodeon, um, monster trucks, 
doing stuff. They do a lot of like stuff. Like it's, well, it's funny because like they do a lot of, it's not like, it's not high energy. Like it's like science. So it's a lot of like, we need to push this boulder. This boulder needs 10, uh, 10 measures of force. Let's give it 10 force. And then it has inertia. And then it's just all this kind of like, but apparently he voices a character on uh, okay. the, the Blaze and the Monster Machines. So I need to be listening for him. Um, not a, not, not a, bag. doesn't look it. like he's one of the main characters, but he's in there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. living his best life out there. Um, Corey, let's talk about what we've been playing. Stop. Okay. Stop yeah. taking us down this road. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. I need you, I, I'll, I, I'll fill the I hole. <laughs> I need you to rein it back in, my guy. Um, okay. You know, yeah. Um, Corey, would you like me to lead off or would you like to start? How are you feeling? Um, I mean, I can start us off with some more Baldur's Gate 3 action before okay. um, we get into our other two segments. Sure. Um, and so I've been playing more Baldur's Gate 3. I am well into Act 3 at this point. Um, I have done many, many things and I don't want to spoil them, but, um, I picked up another party member, um, very recently within act three. Um, it feels very late. Um, and it honestly, um, picking up, well, it's not really a spoiler because you can't get them till then. I think that's good to note, but Minx. Um, who is also in Baldur's Gate 2. I picked him up in Act 3. I won't give details behind it, but it feels very late to the party for him to be joining. Um, Same with Jahira, who you pick up at the very end of Act 2. She's joined, but she doing her um, personal quest feels so much just behind all the other ones and so rushed a little thin but i also stumbled across something with her that wouldn't just come up uh in dialogue with her i don't think i had to like physically like stumble upon something and it's not a random thing it's i feel like it's always going to be there within the city of Baldur's gate but it mm-hmm. feels just odd having all of this fleshed out in a very narrow window compared to all my other ones who I've been building since hour one with, you know, um, like Shadowheart. I've seen her full, her entire quest line beginning to end, and it has major story beats in Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Same with Gale, same with Will, um, so on and so forth. All of those ones that you pick up very early on, um, even Halson, who doesn't join your party until early Act Two, but is in your camp through like halfway through Act One, really, um, all of those have a very long, drawn out quest line, and it feels very not bad, but just rushed with these two at the end. Where I'm like, I find you very interesting, but there just isn't a lot to go on. And yeah. even with a character like, um, there is light spoilers here, but nothing very spoilery for anyone. Um, with Carlac, it feels like some of her storyline is actually physically missing from the game. Like, 
I picked her up within the first hour, and it's pretty heavy act one story for her, kind of light act two, and I would say like there is essentially no personal story for her in act three. There's like okay. one little beat, then that's it compared to um, Shadowheart, Gale, Will, um, Paulson a little bit. Um, who have all had like very thick, heavy act three quest, and she's just kind of there. Um, Carlac is, and that's very, I feel disappointing. Like, there's clearly like a next phase, it feels like, or something that I should be able to go and do from for her for where she is at. And there's just nothing. Maybe I haven't stumbled yep. upon it, but I tried to, I looked it up with like, um, as best as I could with no spoilers and did well. And most people are like, yeah, it feels like they just don't have any, like there's something that's supposed to be there. That's just not in the game. Um, which is kind of disappointing. I, I will say act three has a plethora of quests you can do a plethora of major quests for characters you can do, but the characters themselves feel very, very shallow and act three it feels like okay. it's not done in my opinion compared to act one and act two um which are both act one is pristinely polished perfect act two incredible some slight things here and there that you can kind of notice if you do things out of order that kind of like throw it off but not a ton but act three feels just shallow i would say but so many things to do very rewarding quest line still. It is like I am nitpicking at this point because there are some incredible moments that I have just stumbled upon, have pulled off. I'm at, I'm getting high, high level spells that are insane to do. Um, it's still a almost masterpiece of a game. It's more of one of those things of like, I. it feels like I'm missing out on something that I won't be able to see until it's patched in later, which is a little right. just disappointing. And they, and I've seen interviews leading up to the game where they've talked about like the upper city of Baldur Gate's going to be a fun place for you to go and explore. And you can't go there. The game's just like, Nope, can't go there. Don't do it. It's not there. Like you can walk up to it. It shows you should be able to click on it, but like nothing happens kind of a thing. Um, and there's a, they've talked about some other characters that there should be more. Um, and so all that's to say, I am still loving it to pieces. I, it might be the best game I have ever played, truly. Okay. Okay. Um, it, again, it's just one of those things like, I know that's going to be there, but like these things that are missing, it's just going to be like, oh, well on my first quote-unquote canon playthrough. Like, I won't get to see that. When I replay it, inevitably, because I will replay it, because I want to see what all they're doing, and it's impossible yeah. to do that in your first, in one playthrough. Um, it'll be great to see it then. It's just, you know, I'm like, you could have left it in the oven for like a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, no, no one's going to be mad about it, but I get it. Um, but that's overall focusing in a little bit more. I mean, it, it even with those nitpicks complaints aside, I 
can't stop thinking about a Baldur's Gate 3, Chris. I mean, okay. right now, I'm like, how do I incorporate Minx into this? Because I want to see what this bad boy, I want to see what he can do. Um, I'm like, okay, who do I rotate out? He's a ranger. Um, okay, he's theoretically a ranged tank, but I can make him melee. And so that means I probably need to drop Karlak for a bit, pull him in. How is this going to work? Um, I'm, ro- I'm rotating out Jahira, Haas, and Gale, and Will like, like clockwork in my four spot right now because it's me, Karlak, and Shadowheart, like ride or die team right now. Yeah. Because um, I have to have my cleric. The barbarian, she just soaks so much damage, and I deal so much damage. Um, I critted with a third level smite and did like 80 something damage on one hit, and it was glorious look at you as my paladin um but yeah it's 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 nuts i currently have the press in my pocket um i'm currently flipping off the archduke of baldur's gate like yeah suck it i have a um i'm solving murders i have a murderous woman who's constantly like you know, um, what's, what's, um, what's she doing? Constantly just like sending me for a whirl, like yep. stalking me, but in a not but playful a manner. Way? No, not in a sexy way. Um, in she, she is like hunting me and is toying with me and it's oh. like very unsettling. Um, but it, it's so good because I'm like, I'm not going to spoil it. Moving on. It's so good. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to say more because like the shock value of it's yeah. incredible. Um, I'm going through a circus. I'm hoodwinking a genie. Um, he gets mad. Um, it, it, it's characters that I help rescue in Act 1 or now they're in Act 3. That One guy took my side in a fight. Like He, he went to Baldur's Gate um to learn from this other character i got into beef with that character and he was like all right we're gonna we're gonna kill him pointing to my character he's like no this dude has saved my life so many times f you like i'm throwing f you were i'm you're dying and it's it's incredible to see like the hard work that you've put in early on and like the characters that you have helped save early on um, like come around into act three and the decisions that you have made ma- are making significant impacts in the story. Because if he did not help me, I probably, that fight would have been significantly harder. Um, but he did help me and it made it a little bit easier. Um, it okay. was still a very difficult fight. Um, cause we we're fighting this guy on his home turf and that just in D and D that makes it very difficult. Okay. Um, I got everybody and their mother is like, at this point, like you are kind of like a well-known hero in the game um, or villain, depending on the route you have taken. But like how act two ends is now like well-known and people are like, oh, you're that guy kind of a thing. And I'm walking around the city like, I am that guy. That's right. In conversations, like anytime someone's like talking junk to me i'm gonna intimidate them like do you know who i am do you know what i've done yep and for like a full intimidation and it works they're like my bad uh hey 
I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know you were chill like that. Um, I'm going to leave now. Um, and yeah, it's how it works is outstanding to me. And that, and that is why I think I can overlook some of the things that they haven't like fully put in yet that I know they absolutely will because Larian is a studio that very much is about like, bringing like a full experience, a full like atmosphere and vision to you. And so I don't think these things would just be left hanging considering how active they are in forums, how active they are in the Reddit page, um, how much they listen to like the fans, players and all that. I think they're seeing like, okay, yeah, nope, it's not there. It will be there though. We promise. Um, they haven't come out and said that, but like I can see them within there, like, uh, teams being like, we got to get this like ready and done. Yeah. Um, I just don't think they expected this many people to be playing and this many people to have finished the game. My save file right now for this playthrough is 65 hours. And okay. I would say I currently have three or four like boss fight, big boss fights left, quote unquote. Uh, okay. You come across fights all the time. Um, but like in terms of final bosses, I think I have four left. Um, okay. I'm kind of putting them off because I know once I do one, I have to then do the other. It's not a back to back thing. I don't think. And the game never puts you on a clock, but I have spoken with both of them and they're very much like trying to get me to take the other out. And I will not be shocked if they, jump in after I've taken out the other to try and finish me off because they're they are both scared of me like very apparent and they're trying to be like okay like you take them down I'm gonna leave you alone and we we can resolve our differences after capiche sound good you know um and they've both done that in situations where I am at the disadvantage, where I'm like, it would be foolish of me to attack right now. Gotcha. Um, but I know as soon as I like try to take down one, I, like I said, will not be shocked if they are just waiting to pounce while I'm weakened. Um, but again, at this point, my spells are so high that I can like heal up very quickly. I did waste a divine intervention in a recent fight, and I should not have done that. I should have just taken the L and just reloaded my save, but I yeah. refused. Um, there's so much more I can talk about Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, my D&D group, we played together last night, um, and that was so fun to see it through their eyes, and also oh. to um, what took them. It, the game like bugged out, because it is on Steam Deck, and it takes a bit to work. It bugged out, and so they had lost like two hours worth of playtime. Yep. And I went and did everything they did in two hours and about five minutes. And they were stunned. They're like, how did you do that? Like, yep. Yep. like we've been playing for two hours and we got to here and you did it all. And literally about five minutes. And, like, and I'm like, yep. well, I've played through this sequence now, like four or five times. I know not every outcome here. Yep. Um, Cause I think that'd be foolish, but like, I, I know the quick path. And immediately got them back and they're like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, but it was cool to see it through their eyes. Again, I could talk Baldur's Gate 3 for hours. Chris. You could. I'm for sure hours. you could. It, I, I mean, you will be talking about it for hours in a couple of weeks here. I, and, I hope so. And I'm so excited 
it is truly a love letter to Dungeons and Dragons and a love letter to gamers. And it's incredible. Love it. Clap, clap, clap for everybody involved. I wish I could. I wish I had my soundboard queued up and give you applause, but I can't. So I'll just verbally be like, clap, 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 Corey. That was clap, wonderful. Clap. You did a great job. Thank you. I loved it. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. I raised my glass. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got a. Uh, it's late at night, everybody. Um, I got a little bit of bourbon um, with just a little sprinkle of cold water in it. Ooh, um, just, yeah. a, you know, light, light, light it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any ice. What can I, what can yeah. I say? Um, yeah. Corey, I love it. I, uh, I cannot wait to um, play it eventually. Do you know what, do you know what racing class you're going to go? Just off the top of your head, then I want to hear, I mean, what, well, hear what you're We playing. said last week, um, I was kind of thinking bard or monk um that was kind of my initial thinking um race you know i mean i'm not settled on it um especially given the fact that like you can dual class and stuff like there's a part of me that's also like i've heard some really interesting stories about people going warlock like having mm-hmm. you know some some really cool and we like stuff there we played a warlock um, last night and yeah very interesting yeah. Um, so there's something about that that I could get into. Um, I mean, Paladin would be an easy choice, but I, you know, I think I'm resisting that just given the fact that like you're playing Paladin. And I don't want to be so basic. Oh, yeah, I get it. Um, I, get it. Yeah. I mean, you do so much damage. That that is the thing. Like the feeling of the whacking of just yep. everything with whatever weapon you have is so satisfying. Yep. Just seeing um, enemy. H bar health bar is just melt. Yeah, no, I um, I I would, but um, I think you know, I I want to have a different experience. I want to mm-hmm. you know, you can so we can, we can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, um, I think yeah, I mean, gut gut reaction. Um, I'm thinking like Bard could be could be a good option, um, and give me some flexibility to to do something maybe maybe sorcerer doubt it but maybe sorcerer i think i'll go sorcerer next um, playthrough yeah um warlock possibly monk still kind of cool um fighter maybe who knows um yeah i don't know i mean there i think there's i think there're very few that i couldn't like see myself trying you know yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll see where my, um, I'll, I'll let the character decide for me. I'll like create, Correct I'll create Gorbal and just be like, where, what does Gorbal want to be? Yeah. Gorbal the great. Yeah. The great what? Who knows? Cleric? Mm-hmm. Rope? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, but Corey, um, I've been playing a game, not uh, just just tickling away at it in the few moments that I have here and there, um, and I finished it actually. Yeah, as well. um, finished it, quote unquote. I so I finished the main story, and my final percentage completion was fourteen percent. Mm. <laughs> so, so I think you saw the main story. 
Yeah, I, I the completion I think is is a in quotes, but I played right. um, like a dragon. Ishin, yeah. start to finish. This is the Yakuza um, remake of a historical um, like game that was originally released on the PS3. Um, yeah, I did not. I mean, I did. I did some sub story. I don't feel like I didn't. Didn't feel like I did less than I usually. Well, I did less than I usually do. Um, I and I'll get into it, but um, yeah. So, like a dragon Ishin, very interesting. Like very kind of like interesting to me. Not really being aware from the outset, but it is a it is a loose interpretation of actual Japanese mm-hmm. history um, in a way similar to like how Assassin's Creed games yeah. are like, you know, Assassin's Creed games you're seeing and like interacting with historical figures during historical events, but not necessarily in the same, like the big broad strokes are kind of moving in the same direction, but it's not happening exactly the same as history um, as, as it as a history book might say. Right. Um, in Ishin, you play as Sakamoto Ryoma, um, who is a character who lives in a, he's very, he's a low class. Like this period, the game takes place in at the end of the Edo period, which was like a 250 something plus year period of like military leadership, where it was very okay. like classist. And, you know, you were like samurais were at the top. And even among samurai, there were like tiers of samurai. And it, like, it didn't matter how good you were. It didn't matter any of that. It was just like, were you born into a like into this class if not then you you're trash like and it was that kind of thing and you know it was this long period that ultimately led into um the meiji era which i think it's the meiji era may have been up into the early 2000s i think that might not be right but i don't know um but the entire game essentially is like Sakamoto Ryoma, the actual real life person, had a, you know, is a kind of mythical figure as somebody who kind of like fought for equality and fought for mm-hmm. like overthrowing this this military shogunate, as they would, as you would call it. And and that's effectively like what what it is, is you were you were becoming embroiled like you start off in very yakuza fashion you're you know you're here you come home you're with your um you meet up with your your childhood sworn brother man mm. and he's doing his thing he's kind of he's making moves he's starting up this like loyalist party um they've got guns they're doing stuff Sick. it's a little it's a little weird um but they're doing stuff and then like your your daddy man he calls you and he's like you know he's not your real dad but he took you in yeah. um and Casually. he he has a high position in government and he he's like hey i you know i really i really want to overthrow the government and i want you guys to help me i get it and and then out of nowhere he gets assassinated Hmm. Um, I mean, classic, classic Yakuza, yeah, classic stuff. And so, you know, Ryoma, like his goal from then on out is he, he's going to find the man that killed his, like 
his pseudo adoptive mm-hmm. father. Um, and it's, and it, it essentially kind of like lays the groundwork of this whole like multi-faction, um, like strife and conflict over changing Japan in very similar, like the result being somewhat similar, but through very different ways where it's like, you know, everybody, like everybody that you're, that you're with, they're all agreeing like Japan needs to change. We need to do something different, but it's like, do we need to kill everybody Hmm. or do we need to just like, maybe talk to the the shogun and see if he'll step down. Like, you know, it, there's a big divide mm-hmm. between <laughs> what people are thinking on how to get there. And that's kind of the core conflict is like navigating these groups of people with very like razor thin ideological differences between them and just kind of seeing all of that. It's a very like, it's a very soap opera-y and yeah. very just fascinating, but it's also like a fascinating thing to know that that a lot of this stuff in some shape or form was actually real. Like you're Mm -hmm. seeing these characters, you're meeting these characters who were like real life assassins. You're, you're taking part in these incidents and these like raids that actually happened and were like big notable historical events of the time, you know? And it's like, you know, no, maybe the guy wasn't like backflip, like dual gun, no scoping people off of a rooftop, but like, Lame. <laughs> you know, it's this, it's this, like they're telling this very just rich, interesting story that like, I really had no concept of coming yeah. in as somebody who didn't have like, d- doesn't have much concept of Japanese history, but it's just this, it's this, it's very interesting watching it from a lens of somebody who's played some Yakuza games because you see all of that Yakuza-ness. Like, yeah. there's so many parallels even out of the gate where it's like, you know, there's some trashy samurai who are like too big for their britches pushing up on some peasant lady and they're like, hey, don't you know who we are? You gotta give us your protection money. And it's like, this. Mm. These, they're basically Yakuza. <laughs> basically just acting like Yakuza. And there's a lot of that. Like there's a lot of, it feels, there are a lot of parallels of what you're used to where it's like, yeah, you're, you're fighting these shitty samurai who, who think they're so much better than they are. But it's also like, you're seeing it through just a very interesting lens of, it's not just like a, it's not just a personal conflict where usually in Yakuza games, that's what it is. It's like, yeah, they're they're framing it as like it's life or death, it's going to end the world, but like in a lot of cases it's very you know, this person's been kidnapped or this person's been whatever this person like it they're trying to shake up the yacht cuz of faction, but it's all very like personal and interconnected whereas this it's like it's big like national international like conflicts being swept over where it's like there's colonialism. They're British coming mm-hmm. through, like sweeping out small villages, and they're all these conversations. Like they're like they're Japanese people who are killing um, immigrants on sight because they're afraid. You know, they're afraid that they're going to sweep through and steal everything that's theirs. You have these people who are like, you know, there's all they're very heated tensions. There's a lot of like world 
conflict happening and it's a very like it seems like a very tumultuous time and it's just like a really fascinating story to play through that like the entire time I was just like I was I was here for it I was like I'm I'm so into whatever this like core story is um and it's also funny like Again, as somebody, like, the more you've played Yakuza, I think, like, the more that you can appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But, like, everybody, most most everybody are faces from other Yakuza games. And I mentioned that, like, I vaguely, or I started kind of talking a little bit about Ishin last week when we recorded. But, like, it's, you know, Ryoma is voiced and is the face of Kiryu. Like, even yes. at times, like, yeah. his... I, I don't I don't know the word for it, but like his his outfit for some for a large portion of the game is modeled very similarly, like the color scheme to his suit mm-hmm. in Yakuza, where it's like white suit, red shirt. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, he's wearing a white robe with like a red shirt. On it. Like it's it's very intentional, and you have characters who are very analogous. Where it's you know I mentioned last week, you know there's a there's an information broker who's also an information broker in other Yakuza games. Like there's one of the core conflicts in the game. Like you're seeing characters in the game who play maybe somewhat kind of similar roles. And so you can kind of like see these through lines taking place in very interesting ways, even though it's not like a one-to-one comparison. And even though like the characters are not like, meant to necessarily be one-to-one um like analogies i think they do kind of play it up to be like okay like you recognize this face you think you know what's going to happen here let's just let's give you let's give you a little what you want (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna let you see and i think that that's really cool too, just because it's like fascinating to see these characters pop up and see characters from across the spectrum where it's like, okay, here's, you know, Majima with his eye patch. Mm, you, know, you see, you see him, you know him, like he's popping up. But at the same time, you're seeing Zhao from Yakuza 7. Yeah. You're seeing yeah, you like saying that last week. Yeah. yeah. Adachi from mm-hmm. Yakuza 7. He's also in it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Love Adachi. I yeah, I mean, he's he's in there. They're like, it's just a really interesting thing to watch all of this stuff happen. The also same time, really cool. The the combat, really dope. Um, I will say, w- weird is that um, it is very violent in okay. a different way. Like, it's not very violent in like you know there. It's not like gory it's just like it's almost kind of whenever you've played i guess maybe it's not it's not yakuza is very violent well and i think the thing being like in yakuza you're playing like it's it is very goofy violence where it's Mm -hmm. like oh yeah like he just he just pile drive pile drove that guy's head into the concrete like haha like this is this is funny he grabbed up big fish and whacked him with it until he fell down. Like, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and also too, like things like guns in the Mm -hmm. Yakuza games are very rare and they're very like, you know, they're all cutscenes. They're all cutscenes. And if, if a, if an enemy fires at you with a gun, like you get hit by it, it's like half your health bar is gone. 
he drops to the ground like he's about yeah. to die. Like, yeah. I mean, it's very intense. In this, you have a sword and a gun basically right from the get-go. You're spinning circles, wh- whipping yeah, your you sword are. around, just shooting and stuff. And there are, like, there are heat actions where literally you will, like, knock a guy to the ground, shoot him in the back, yep. and then take your sword <laughs> stab him like for good measure and or like you slash him and he like bounces up against a wall you put your feet on him and then like Kiryu's Ryoma just like puts yeah. the gun into his chest and it's like pop 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 like, it's just Jeez. it's this very and so like it makes it a little you'll be having these like friendly sparring matches with people and you're doing that stuff <laughs> and it's just like it's, just it's hard to friendly. believe Right, it's hard to believe anybody's coming out of this alive, but apparently, apparently, this was okay. You can take three um, shots to the chest and <laughs> shrug it off. <laughs> right. Um, so, like that—that's a very like it's. There's a little bit more suspension of disbelief there, I think, mm-hmm. even than some of the <laughs> because there is so much of that, and it's kind of like, again, it's yakuza and it's like goofy and whatever, and the, but it is a thing where it's like, okay, I just impaled a guy on my sword and then spun him in circles and launched him off, like yeeted him off a rooftop. If you're gonna do a job, yeah, make sure it's done right. Right, but then he just stands up and he's like, ah, good job. (laughs) You did it. Nice Um, one, nice one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, But combat, great. Um, Open world, it's like a fictionalized Kyoto. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, like pretty neat. I mean, it's small, it's pared down, but it's um, it's got some character. The, The thing that I didn't, and that's like my thing with Yakuza games always is like I very much appreciate the breadth of stuff that they have because I know like, I'm not going to dig into everything. I'm not going to play like, I'm not going to play hours and hours of, uh, Mahjong or like play all of the like Virtua fighter Sega cabinets and stuff like that over and over. Like, you know, that stuff's in there. They're like a hundred side quests. They're all these like rich side mini game stuff. Like, you know, you take what you want, you leave what you don't it seemed like there was less of the side stuff that I was like into. There were a couple of side quests where there were some characters that I wanted to kind of like see through. There was less of it than I think I'm used to in Yakuza games. So that's partially why I didn't do like a ton, a ton of extra stuff just because mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't feel the motivation. I was very interested in the core story was not super interested in a lot of the side stuff and like some of these stories that were going on. They didn't really click with me the same way. Um, that's, that's really the only negative there. That's really the only thing that I like stepped away being like, yeah, could have done, could have, I could have done an Ichiban confectionery's confectionaries kind of thing. Like could have written that into the, into the historical documents, but you know, missed opportunity, maybe next time. Um, but yeah, I mean, really good, really fun. I had a great time with it. And I think the, the story is just really fascinating. And again, is something that like coming from somebody who doesn't have like that perspective, um, you know, it's cause I mean like American history is also very fascinating, but we, you know, you learn mm-hmm. about, you, you learn about American history for one, it's not as old. 
Like no. it doesn't have the history. It doesn't have as much. There's history. not a lot of actual history there. And right. History but itself also, is very. It, it, yeah. Mm. Well, and there, there are interesting things that happen at different points, but you're also like, you're very familiar with it. You're very inundated with it. You're kind of tired of it at some, yeah. at, at a certain point. And so like seeing it through this lens where it's like, you know, all these faces and all these motivations that are just so different than what we're used to. Um, really interesting, really cool. Um, I, you know, I'm totally recommend, like, if you like historical stuff, if you really dig on, like, some of the stuff that Assassin's Creed does, like, some of the history specific kind of stuff that comes into it, uh, give it a shot. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah, I, it's longer than I thought. I thought it was going to be, like, more like 15 hours. Took me closer to 30. But <laughs> okay, checks out. It's, um, it's a Yakuza game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Walk, don't run. Walk, don't run. Yeah. I love it. I want to check it out. It's on my list to do as well. I just really know should. Get, I don't know if I'm going to get it this year, but if it ever comes to like Game Pass or like PlayStation subscription, immediate. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's cheap. Though. I think it's 40 bucks right now. I got it for like 25. You might have got it while I was on a deal. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, we got one more uh, left to talk about today. Um, and this one goes out to one of our uh, listeners, uh, Jessica. She sent in a, a recommendation because I asked for them on uh, games to play on the, on the deck. Um, and I yep. picked up, uh, she recommended Dave the Diver. And so I picked up Dave the Diver. Um, I haven't played all that much. I played about an hour of it. Uh, so I'll give you uh, early thoughts and kind of what the game is. Um, early take, I like it a lot. Um, it is a great summer, like relaxing game. You play as Dave, you guessed it, the Diver. Um, what? He has been called out to essentially like, hey, we need a diver. Um to get fresh fish for us every day for my sushi restaurant. And you're like, sure, I can do that. Um, and so you go, uh, it's in this kind of this like a 16 bit art style, but like very modernized, but kind of with like that filter over it. Um, it reminds me just for like point of reference for anybody. Um, if you ever played like the, what is it? The tiny towers, like yeah. the mobile games, mm-hmm. that's the art style that it reminds me of where it's pixels, but it's like, it's, it's detailed. It's a little too smooth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got some smoothness. It's got, but it, it feels kind of like that a little yeah. bit. I agree. Um, I think they use the same like voice assets that, that they do. Um, in, um, oh gosh, Ollie Ollie world. Um, huh. like when characters are talking, it's like that weird, like, ah, thing. Uh, it's similar. Gnarly, bro. Yeah. <laughs> not quite that, but, um, you just ripped that thing. <laughs> Shredded that thing. Um, <laughs> anyway, Dave, the diver, um, where <laughs> you have harpoon gun, uh, a knife. Um, I think I'm about to get a gun, but I haven't gotten it yet. So I can't speak on it. And you catch fish. Um, and essentially you're a diver. So you go into the water, you have a certain amount of oxygen. And so you have a certain amount of essentially a time frame that you can go under the water and catch fish. If you catch too many fish, 
uh, you'll get uh, too much uh, weight encumbered and you can't swim as fast and you have to swim to the top of the area that you're in. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's called off the top of my head, but it's essentially it randomly generates the map every time is how they the they gamify into something else. I'm like, oh, this lagoon um, has a mystical property and it changes. I don't believe it. They even go to the mystical part of it. There's definitely some like weird stuff going on. Uh, we'll yep. get into that here in a second, but essentially it's ecosystem changes every single time you dive. Um, so it's a, it randomly generates a new map for you to dive through um, and you have to go under rocks and like stuff like that. Um, and so as you dive, you can find chest, um, you can find other things that can give you a little bit more oxygen and you're searching for fish and the reason why you're catching these fish is again because it's for a sushi restaurant. Um, and with that, um, it comes the second part of the game. So the first part of the game is you diving, getting fish. Second part of the game is the sushi restaurant where um, you have now been hired on um, to catch the daily fish and you set the menu. I believe every day you will set the menu based on what you have caught. And your goal is to make this sushi restaurant profitable. Um, oh. And so customers are coming in and you are selling fish. Um, or sushi to them. And so there's a, a cook and he essentially, it's almost a little mini game where you go in, the customer sits down, they order, you can see him cooking it on the far side of the bar and this little like just 2D, like left or right styled map. Same, similar with diving. You go, you pick up the sushi and you go and you take it to the customers and you can sprint and go a little bit faster. That way they get their food timely. That way you can get more customers in and out. And it's a, very fun loop and cycle um, where you essentially you go and you fish or you dive, get your fish, you set your menu, you come in and you go so on and so forth. Certain types of sushi get you a little bit more money than others. Other ones are lighter so you can get more and you can sell more of them as well. The bigger ones might give you a bit more fish, but you can only carry like one or two at a time. Some of the bigger ones, I think I'm going to need a gun to kill um, mm. and catch. And uh, I think I'm about to get a gun. Uh, I think I have to find the um, right tools while diving to, assim- to assimilate it. Um, and yeah, I really like it. It's a very, um, she described it as a cozy game. I agree. It's a very cozy, like I said, feels very summery with just this art style, the color, the vibe. You're out in the water, you're eating sushi. It's just like this tea hut bar as well. Um, and Dave, Dave is the man. Um, I love the, him as a character. He, anytime he, they talk about him, they're making fun of his appearance, which I kind of hate. And he was like, you, but he responds in kind of, do you have nothing better to say than just comment on what I look like? Like, yeah. you, I, I don't even know your name. You don't know my name. They're like, well, your name's Dave, the diver. Okay, fair, but you know who are who are you? You know why are you being mean? Why are you being so rude? You could say please, and I'm like, you know what, Dave? I like your vibe, Dave. Yeah, power you, you, power move, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like, only like an hour, uh, and it feels like a great game to play for like an hour at a time. Just okay. I'm gonna go down. Uh, you get two dives a day. Um, go down. I'm gonna see what I can get. I'm gonna go back to the sushi bar. 
I'm going to set my menu. I'm going to serve customers. So there's a whole green tea thing. I imagine it will add more and more elements to it as I go. I imagine we'll be able to increase my oxygen tank, my carrying capacity, so on and so forth. I imagine it'll get a little bit RPG in that. Um, at least I'm thinking it will. I would be shocked yeah. if it didn't um, because you can't go down super far at the beginning, but it's very apparent you should be able to go down a lot farther. You know, mm-hmm. um, I. R- Really like it. Uh, it came out this year. It's on Steam. I don't know what else it's on, um, but it's, it's something. On nothing else currently. Okay. Um, yeah i i have I had heard of Dave the Diver. Um, Jessica, thank you for uh, sending that in. I um, had heard about it, um, but hadn't played it because of that yeah. reason. Again, same as Baldur's Gate. It's not uh, not available on anything other than PC right now. I think there are plans. The developers have said it's coming to Switch and consoles. I think Switch, they said for sure in 2023. Um, consoles just at some point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe before the end of the year, I'll have the chance to play it. Maybe, maybe, maybe Corey will buy me a Steam Deck. I don't know. I would have made that. Maybe that'll happen. <laughs> Who knows? I, I wouldn't have bang on that. <laughs> um, but I'm yeah, sorry. it. Um, I love you. It, it looks. Um, it really does look great, and it's one of those things that, like, um, if anybody has ever played Moonlighter, um, mm-hmm. which is one of my like favorites, it's not like. I think it's like well received. I think it's like people people generally give it like an eight out of ten. Um, but it's one of my favorite like roguelike games, and that's one of the loops of it is like you run a shop and you go into the the dungeons in the day and you fight people and you or you fight monsters and you get stuff and then you go back to your shop and well you go at night and then you open mm-hmm. your shop in the day and people come through and you like you put this up here and you set your own prices and you try to make a profit and you try to make money so that you can buy stuff that you can go back into the dungeons and like, you know, there's this really cool like sim element, but also to you're doing dungeon crawling and stuff. And like, you know, I, I like that dichotomy where you are just trying to balance that and you're trying to, you know, do things differently. And I think the thing that like, at least the thing that I hear from a lot of people when looking at Dave, the diver stuff is that like, all what makes it so special is that all of the because that's one of the downsides with Moonlighter is like Moonlighter is very I love the loop of it but it is very surface level like you're not getting to know any of these characters in like a Mm -hmm. really big meaningful way and it doesn't feel like it's necessarily lacking in that regard it's just like you're not getting all you're getting some surface level like world building some notes about the story and your main character but it seems like with dave the diver it's like it's a you know these characters are robust and filled out Mm -hmm. you're doing these very like you know meaningful side quest content that's just like really fleshing out this whole world that they're that they're building and that seems to be the thing that people are really latching in on and i'm here for i'm all about it believe me when it comes out and i'm available to play it um i'm going to because i want to as you should and for me right now it feels like the perfect like i have 
like I'm going to go to bed in like an hour. I don't want to get into a meaty quest of Baldur's Gate 3 or Starfield or whatever it is. And like, let's, let's just run the sushi restaurant for a little bit. Music for sushi restaurant. Um, but sorry, I can't help myself sometimes. Um, that was music for a sushi restaurant by Harry Styles. Okay. Hmm. Um, Harrison P. Styles. No. Is his first uh, name Harrison? Do you think? No, it's just Harry. Is it just Harry? It's mm-hmm. just Harry. Shame. Yep. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but yeah, Day of the Diver. I really like it. I was playing it up until we recorded, and I'm like, it's very late now, so I'm not going to play it now, but it's one of those things where I'm like, ooh, I could, I could do another dive. One more dive. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can. See what I get. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see how it unfolds, see more of the characters. I love Dave. Dave is the man. Dave is the diver. Um, and yeah, thanks for the rec. I'd seen it on Steam and I've seen so many people talk about it, but I've just like, I'm always a little hesitant uh, when it comes to these styled games. Um, mainly because I don't, th- it's not that they don't ever click, they just never click enough for me. And that'd be my yeah. hesitation going forward. Also with Dave, the diver is I always really enjoyed the opening, like four or five hours of animal crossing or store do. Um, maybe it'll be Dave, the diver as well, but it's always in that long term run is where like, it wears on me fairly quickly, I would say. Um, but this seems to have a bit more of a engaging mechanic with the diving aspect of it. Um, compared to those other games, which, um, while the farming is very nice, it's very much a, um, what's the word for it in Stardew? Not tedious, but it, I mean, it, the farming aspect in Stardew takes up a lot of your time constraint of the day. Yeah. And yeah. it feels like you are rushing from point to point and almost ruins the relaxing nature of it. Um, Animal Crossing doesn't feel like it has enough going on for me to engage, but this feels like, okay, there is no time limit other than my own air that I feel like it, I should be able to upgrade in the future. And so there is a more just gamey bit to it on top of what it's bringing in that like cozy, like sim aspect. Yep. So Love. it could be, could be the long term. Yeah, I hope it sticks with you. I hope it's your your uh, your forever game, Corey. Yeah, it, it might be perfect summer vibes, which yeah, is- sounds sounds like love. But uh, always like to remind our listeners, um, please send recommendations, not just for Corey. Send them for me too, if you'd yeah. like. Um, ArcadeCozy gmail dot com. Um, we'd love to love to hear what you have to think what you've been playing even if we've played it too even if we talked about it even if you're if you're sitting here and you're like you know what i also liked uh like a dragon Ishin. tell us about yeah. it i want to hear it um show me i'm not alone because <laughs> because cory cory makes me feel that way sometimes everybody and i don't i don't Our appreciate it don't um, line up all the time yeah nino cooney wrath of the white witch though we are I die. I mean, uh, no, like uh, like you, two you, peas. You uh, like the first one. I like the second one. I and also like the second one. I also it, like the it, first it, one. <laughs> I just think the second one's better. Well, 
we'll we'll have a we'll have a talk at our at our annual review. Um, you know what we we we've done Nino Kuni one. We really should go and play Nino Kuni two. Um, I'm just, I'm just saying we, we we should do it now at this point because. I mean, it's a bit at the like where we're at now, uh, but I feel like we should really play the second one. Just, uh, I mean, we have played it, but replay it. Well, and and honestly, it's not a bad idea because, like, I do, I really do enjoy Nino Kuni too. I think one of the things that took me out of it was that it was like it was almost kind of like painfully easy. Oh, it's um, insanely easy, and that was something that like. It just didn't feel like whenever you're playing through and you're like it, it's in, it's trying to get you to incent like to strategize and do all these things. Like, eh, I mean, what's the you can brute like, force what, your way through. I mean, Prince and, Evan and then, is like a god by the end game with like how right. strong he is. However, I do remember not too long after because you and I played it around the same time. This is like mm-hmm. early 2018. Yeah, later they came out with like a hard mode. They came out yeah. with other like DLC challenge things and stuff. And so like, you know, there that stuff did kind of come in that may kind of beef up that experience. Oh, um, Post game's pretty beefy. It, no, it was not, Corey. You misremember. That's mm. that is you're thinking of Nino Kuni one, which has a beefy post game. There's this whole thing through the forest with this old man, um, if I'm remembering right. There, there's like a, we, are, we don't have to get into this, Corey. I mean, there, there's, you can be wrong. It's, it's okay. No. I mean, there's, Never. there's, I do remember that, like, they have a couple of things, but I do remember being like, I wish there was a lot more. And maybe I just missed some stuff, but maybe, I do remember, like, Maybe, but I do feel like I remember it being like, there's not a ton left to do here. There are a couple of quests, but that's yeah, about get it. all the villagers, get to do all the skirmishes, get to collect all the little Pikmin. Yeah. But like, I, I want like, I want it to be like robust. I want it to take me to Kanto. Maybe it I want to go robust fight the elite four over there. <laughs> And it was just wasn't ways that you liked. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe who knows? We should replay um, it though. That's, that's, we should. It's been too too much. It can't be a bit anymore. Yeah, 2018 is a long time, Corey. It's been a while. Um, I was a different man back then. Um, Same, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's, Corey, um, this feels like it's been an episode. Like if yeah. it feels like it's been maybe half of a normal episode and then half of. Just some rambling about stuff, but late night shenanigans. Um, yeah, it equals one whole episode. Is yeah. how that math works out. Um, Corey, uh, it's been fun. But this week, if people want to find you on the internet, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me on Instagram at hash period slinging period thrasher, or um, I guess still our uh, Twitter page arcade underscore cozy. Uh, that's about it. You? Uh, you can't. Um, follow. Um, <laughs> I am Four Point Pixel on Instagram. I am Swiss Fun Joe on a number of different things. Follow me if you want. I'm not putting much out there right now. 
Yeah, I've mentioned it before. I'm just... Ugh. It's yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Social media, it's just... It's, it's in a it's weird brutal. place right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait till the, the dust settles and see where see where we land. But, could be a couple years. Um, could be. Um, but, yeah. I mean, follow... I don't know who need who needs some who needs some love. Harrison Styles, he needs some love. Go follow him on Instagram. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would, he would love the, <laughs> the extras. <laughs> um, show him some sport. It's been tough out there, um, but uh, yeah, you can also <laughs> you can also uh, send us again. Send us emails arcadecozy at gmail dot com. And um, yeah, intro outro music. Johnny Begood eighty nine. You can find him on Instagram. Um, plays really cool stuff. Does a lot of cool stuff. Really cool guy. Um, makes really cool music, as you'll hear mm-hmm. right now, and as you heard earlier today. Yeah. Um, yeah, Corey, next week, um, who even knows? Next week, Armored Core 6 is coming out this week. Yeah. Sea of Stars comes out next week. We're hitting it. Stuff's yeah. cranking up. It's time. Um, yeah, so it's going to be, you guys are going to get it just right up in your right up in your ear holes for the next few months. I hope you're ready. Yeah. If not, yeah. buckle up because it's, yeah. it's just so because much. It's going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it, but until then, Corey, um, this has been Arcade Cozy. Life is hectic. Why should Which your hobbies be too? Dave is the diver. Look, look at him. Look at him go. Look at him go.